From Connect Booster, I'm Ryan Goodman. Today, I have the distinct pleasure of talking to Rayanne Buccianico, owner of ABC Solutions. She runs an accounting firm with a national footprint that supports many IT services firms, and she also provides Autotask Consulting to MSPs. Rayanne is a well-known and well-respected financial voice in the MSP community, and here's what she had to say. By the time people contact me, they already know that this is beyond their control. And they don't know where the problems lie because they have never really treated their business as a business before. Rayanne, thank you for spending time out of your busy day. I know we're flying into what would be end of year tax season. It's hard to believe. And I know you're very busy. So I really appreciate you uh, uh, jumping on and spending some time with us today here on the podcast. Well, thanks for having me, Ryan. I am really excited uh, to be here. Super interested in in digging with you and, um, you know, discussing financial matters and, you know, automation and in the life and, you know, daily quarters and weeks and months and years of an MSP, as well as touch on some uh, best practices. Um, I know you do a lot of work with Autotask users, but um, before we get into that, I'd love to get a couple other questions out of the way, if you are open to that. Of course, that's why I'm here. Cool, cool. Um, So let's get uh, a couple of the basics out of the way. Um, We'd love to you know, just get a hundred thousand foot view uh, about your business, as well as where um, people can find you online at, at the end of our show. Okay, so um, I'm the owner of ABC Solutions, and we are located in Clearwater, Florida. And you can find us at abcsolutionsfl.com. Don't forget the FL. The okay. the FL is for Florida, so it's abcsolutionsfl.com. If you Perfect. if you drop the FL, you'll land in some company in like Washington State something that's not me that's not where we want them no um and so what we do is we're a full service accounting firm you know we'll we do bookkeeping accounting tax preparation and we specialize in working with msps around the u.s and canada and uh so we help them understand their you know finances their you know kpis we set up customized metrics help them measure you know, so our um, <clears throat> our slogan is uh, measure your success. And that's yeah. really what we want to try to do is help people understand where they're making money and where they could improve their uh, profits. Oh, you know, and, and I also um, co-host a podcast. I know, awesome. uh, PSA Impact. And I co-host it with my friend, uh, Chris Tim out of the UK. And uh, we help MSPs get the best use of their PSA systems. Where uh, where can people find that podcast and subscribe? That is psaimpact.net. And you can also find it on Stitcher or any of your favorite podcast catchers. Cool. Thank you. Now, I love the perspective. I mean, we work in finance as well. And I know that, um, you know, both of our respective companies, you know, probably come into different situations where, you know, an entrepreneur um, that's running MSP, oftentimes um, they're a great technical person, but sometimes the the business side of it, you know, became an afterthought depending on how they got into business. So, you know, you have a real unique perspective 
on the MSP business as a, as a CPA. Um, how did you end up working and, and starting to focus on MSPs inside of your business? Um, funny story, actually. Yeah. I, uh, I, I've been in public accounting since, um, since I was fresh out of high school, right? Okay. And so, um, and I'm going to date myself just a little bit here. But back in the 90s, you know, I worked for a CPA firm and we did a lot of accounting system consulting. And so we were taking people from their, you know, paper checkbooks and getting them mm-hmm. into a computerized accounting system. Yeah. Uh, it was all the rage back in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> um, so I found that some of our clients were getting taken advantage of, you know, from mm. local IT people. And the story that comes to mind is I went to an architectural uh, consulting firm and they had four people in the company uh, the president, the secretary, and two other people. And the IT company came in and sold them three servers. <laughs> right. Yeah, a little, so, little bit of horsepower. It was a, li- <laughs> it was a little <laughs> bit of overkill for the four people in the company. And so I went back to the partners and said, I think we're missing an opportunity here. And uh, and I told them the story and they said, you know, wouldn't it be really great if we could, you know, not only help our clients get into a computerized accounting system, but, you know, we could take our, you know, uh, our expertise in business and help, you know, implement the technology without, you know, taking them to the cleaners. Yeah, so yeah. off to MCSE course, classes I go, and I got my first, uh, my first Microsoft certification in 1998. And, um, and now I'm just gonna fast forward that when I went out on my own in 2005, I thought it was the better use of my time was in accounting and not so much technology, but I didn't wanna give up my technology. So uh, I thought, <clears throat> how could I marry these two things? And then Autotask came onto the scene and people started needing help integrating their QuickBooks with their Autotask so then uh, I started to specialize in that. That's super cool. Um, so coming out of high school, how far off um, are you from where you thought you were going to be as compared to, you know, where you are right now? Because I wanted to be an architect and podcasts aren't what architects usually do on a day-to-day basis. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that question actually brings to brings to light um, a completely different but interesting story about me. And it's probably one that not many people know. Uh, I almost didn't make it out of high school. I was a pregnant, homeless teenager at the age of 16. Wow. So, um, and and everybody told me I needed to drop out of school. And uh, and I thought, you know, I'm, uh, I'm less than a year away from graduation. So I ended up um, going to school, you know, finishing out school through night school, and uh, and and I was able to graduate with my class, and uh, because I just could not even fathom not having a high school diploma. I think that's probably the one thing that my parents, you know, instilled in me before they yeah. gave me the boot at when I was 16 years old. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, that you're not going to go anywhere without a high school education. So I kept that in mind and I was determined to graduate high school. 
And then uh, throughout the 90s, while I was working for the CPA firm, I, um, you know, I was working and going to school at night, you know, and uh, working two jobs and going to school at night, trying to, you know, um, get my way through. So I owe a lot to that CPA firm because they taught me everything. And, uh, and I look back on them as if they're, they were my family because they yeah. truly were and just amazing people. You're a freaking superhero. Holy <laughs> crap. That's amazing. I mean, seriously. I mean, think about, you know, I, I just, the path of life, it's always so interesting. And number one, I really appreciate you um, sharing that story and, you know, being vulnerable there because there's just lessons for people to learn in every corner of what you, what you just talked about there, but all of the places where you could have given up and opted out and, and persevere through and, you know, what were some of the things that, um, you know, kept you going with, through which I could imagine was a just extremely stressful, difficult, un, uncertain times? Gosh, um, you know, I don't even know how to answer that question because, you know, uh, when, when my kids were young and both my kids are no longer young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when my kids were young, uh, I had, you know, I had tunnel vision make sure yeah. that the rent was paid, the utilities were paid, the kids were fed, you know, and uh, nothing else really mattered. And so, um, so I would, and I was married at the time. And um, so, and I just worked, I, I just kept working and working. And I thought the more that I worked, you know, the, the more that I would learn and I would, you know, I can work hard now and take it easy later in life yeah. of course that taking it easy later in life never came at least not yet but right. <laughs> you yeah. know fingers crossed any day now <laughs> it will <laughs> but um so i just kept going and i kept learning and uh and again the cpa firm gave me so many opportunities and then i went out on my own and i started doing uh freelance bookkeeping in the 90s so i was you know working full time and then doing you know my own side gig you know, in the evenings and weekends and, you know, and taking the kids to, you know, softball practice and yeah. you know, just, just kind of, you just keep moving, you know, at that point, you just keep moving and sure. you don't have to think, you know, what am I doing all of this for? You know, you're just like, wait a minute, I've got 20 other things that I need to, to do this week. So you just keep doing it. And that's just how you get through, I guess. I don't know. Oh, that's, that's, that's amazing. And again, thank you for sharing that. I mean, um, I also think, um, is this something that um, has set you up to uh, really not listen to business owner excuses on I'm too busy or the pressure's too much? It's like, listen, like, yes, we all have our perspective and, and we all go through our stuff, but this is doable. This is, this is doable. Um, I try to go easy on people because, you know, everybody has their own path and, right. um, you know, and so I can tell my story and, and I can listen to other stories and not really feel like, hey, listen, you know, oh, you don't even have it half as hard as I have it. Sure. You know? I would never yeah. do that. Right, but, right. Um, you know, but if I can encourage somebody, you know, to like, hey, if you just you know, carve out 30 minutes, 30 minutes a week, or maybe 60 minutes a week, you know, we can get this done. And, and if you really want to go from here to there, you know, let's just carve out the time and make a plan and make it happen. And, uh, and 
most of the time that works. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's, that's a really, that's a really awesome perspective. And really, I mean, it ties into um, this year. I know it's over talked about, you know, the, the craziness of the, of the pandemic and how strange, you know, 2020 was, but, you know, what are some of the things that you're advising IT service providers and MSPs on to, to help be mindful of uh, the current potential um, cash crunch? Or if they're doing really well, are there areas that you're talking to them about investing in? Or what kind of trends are you seeing around finance in the midst of all this? So, you know, oddly enough, um, many of the MSPs I'm talking to are having the busiest year of their lives. Many yeah. of them, not everybody. Sure. And so in some cases, I'm actually seeing revenue increase. And, uh, and of course, with the um, stimulus packages and yeah. the, you know, all of the extra money that I have, now they have extra money in the bank and they have extra profits on their bottom line because we, you know, they've gotten that free money for what, eight yeah. weeks of payroll, you know, which is, which was amazing. So now what do we do with that extra money on that bottom line? And, uh, and so what I try to do, and I do this with all of my clients as often as possible, uh, and I do it every year, I run tax projections, income and uh, income tax projections, and I do it at the end of the second quarter, at the end of the third quarter, and then again, like around the end of November, you know, for tax planning. Yeah. And, you know, what can we do if, you know, if your net income is way up, this is what your income tax is going to look like. We can either pay it or, you know, we can find creative ways to spend it. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, maybe let's make sure that you max out your retirement plan or, right. um, you know, hey, you're, you know, perhaps you can put your spouse on payroll and max out their retirement plan. Right. You know, any way that I can get the money, you know, legitimately from the business into the owner's pockets, you know, to save some tax dollars, I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. Yeah. You know, it's not all about, you know, rent out and buy yourself a new car or, you know, and sometimes that's a good thing to do, but uh, there are other plans that you can, you know, other strategies you can put together that will also save money and, you know, keep the money in your own pocket. And that's where I really try to go. You know, cool. um, other, uh, other companies that are struggling, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things that they can do. You know, one, pay attention to your cash flow. Find out where your money is coming, coming from and going to, you know, and so I have a number of, um, you know, a, a number of suggestions that, you know, how you can, you know, you can run the, um, the trends of your vendor costs, you mm -hmm. know, who are you spending your money with and how much are you spending on a monthly basis? Let's, you know, pick up, if your gross profits are down, then we've got to decrease your fixed expenses to stay in line with the gross profits. Right. You know, so if you know that you need to cut 7% of your fixed expenses, you know, first you have to know what those fixed expenses are. Then you have to make a concerted effort to really cut back on some of them. And, you know, so we kind of work through some of that together too. Yeah. 
Now, there's a lot of uh, uh, M&A that's in consolidation that's that's been happening. And, and, you know, there are a lot of different opinions on that and private equity coming into the space. But um, what have you, have you been doing a lot of um, consulting and, you know, getting ready for exit or, um, you know, what are the primary KPIs is, you know, all of us are going to exit our business at some point, whether that's voluntary or involuntary on our terms or not on our terms. Um, you know, how, how do you broach that subject with your clients? The first thing that we do is open up the financials and make sure that they make sense, right? Because mm-hmm. no buyer is going to be interested in your company if they can't read your financials. You know, if it's just, you know, if, you're, if your revenue and your COGS accounts and your gross profit margins, if none of that stuff makes any sense, nobody's going to give you the time of day. So if you are really interested in, you know, exiting your business or hoping to sell it to somebody or merge with somebody else, start paying attention to your finances now. You know, get your P&L in line. And there are plenty of people out there that can help you do that. You know, so some some companies will implement, you know, a chart of accounts like the service leadership, you know, chart of accounts, um, you know, and then there's also like the simple numbers or, you know, and the simple numbers format of chart of accounts. And I didn't realize this until a client sent me a copy of the simple numbers uh, chart of accounts. And I was like, hey, that looks just like the one that I developed, you know, and I sent it back to them and said, uh, you know, this is this is my suggested chart of accounts because it lines up the different types of service and products with the, you know, with the costs of those services and products so that you can eyeball just by looking at your PL you know, um, whether or not you're making money on your products or what your margin is, you know, if you're, look, if you're looking for, you know, a, a 20% margin on your products, you should be able to look at the product sales, multiply it by 0.8 and see your product costs and come yeah. like within a few bucks. So, you know, simple things that you can do to really just pay attention to, uh, to your financials. That's, you know, that is going to be the key. And if you've got clean books, then you're going to be that much more attractive to uh, any potential buyer. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Hey guys, Ryan here for a quick break from our show. We want to thank Rayanne of ABC Solutions for joining us on today's episode. You can find out more about Rayanne and her company at abcsolutionsfl.com. Now, this wouldn't be an ad break without running some ads, so I'd like to talk to you about our product, Connect Booster. Connect Booster is the premier accounts receivable management and payment automation tool for the channel. When our partners invoice, bill their clients, Connect Booster automates the payment, automates the accounting, and gives 24-7, 365 visibility into end clients so they can see current invoices, past invoices, auto pay settings, securely stored checking, credit card data, and so much more. We all know it's hard enough to get in the door of a prospect. It's hard enough to close the deal. It shouldn't be hard to accept their money when the sale is made. If your business isn't one of the thousands that is getting paid faster with Connect Booster, reach out to us at connectbooster.com to learn more how you can automate your cash flow. Before we get back to the show, we want to let you know all the ways you can find us online. Visit our website, 
connectbooster.com slash podcast to listen to new episodes before they air on the podcast network. If you'd rather wait, our episodes are available on iTunes, Spotify, Google, and really anywhere you can listen to podcasts. So search Connect Booster on your favorite platform and subscribe to get notified when there's a new episode. If you have suggestions for future episodes or want to be a guest on the podcast, please email us at podcast at connectbooster.com or send us a message on Facebook or Twitter and we'll point you in the right direction. Lastly, if you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes and tell us why you like it. Thanks for listening to the confessions of an IT business owner. We'll get back to the podcast and talk to you soon. When people come to you, um, I would imagine that you are, they're getting a paradigm shift of epic proportions oftentimes of, of, of finance in, in their business. Um, and you've made a lot of uh, good recommendations here. Um, do you feel like MSPs uh, need to get serious right now? about making that happen? I mean, in my impression, it's a resounding yes, but, um, you know, it, it would seem like maybe there are a lot that are driving the car blind and maybe getting close to the edge of the cliff and not know it. What are some of those scenarios that you're seeing where people don't know um, how, how, how close they're getting? You know, that's a such an interesting question because by the time people contact me, they already know that this is beyond their control. Okay. And they don't know where the problems lie because they have never really treated their business as a business before, sure. you know? So many people, uh, and, and if you read the e-myth from Michael Gerber, yeah. right? So, you know, they have this entrepreneurial seizure as he calls it, you know, that, you know, my boss is an idiot and I could do this thing 10 times better right? Yeah. Off I go, I'm starting my own business. But really what they've done is they started their own job. Mm -hmm. And and as long as uh, the job that they've started pays a, at least as much as the previous job that they quit, then they're okay. And so they kind of operate that way for a while. And then it starts to grow and, uh, and it becomes its own little monster. Mm -hmm. And now they've got to tame this monster and they're not quite sure how to do that. Right. So that's that's how so many people end up at these conferences, talking and listening to other people that have already been down that road and solved the problem. And so by the time they come to me, they know that there's a problem and uh, and they're like, OK, this is kind of what I've been doing and this is how I've been doing it. But I'm totally open to doing it better. And I just don't know what better looks like. Right. And that's when we start that conversation. Now you have a really unique um, set of skills, understanding the technology side of the business, understanding the, the finance um, side of the business, as well as um, the underlying tool sets that, that your clients are using. You know, and I, uh, I, have a, I have a selfish question to ask you. Would you be opposed, because I know we probably don't have time today, would you be opposed to jumping on for a second session to talk a little bit more about the auto task consulting side of your business and, and, you know, some of the things we talked about in finance, how that translates over to the, the PSA tool. 
I would love to do that. I'm automating MSPs, you know, uh, whether it's at the PSA side or the accounting side is literally where my passion is. So uh, yeah, absolutely. Sign me up. I'm there. Okay, everyone. We haven't even talked about the passionate side. We're about to get there. So hold on. You don't even need your chairs, just the edge of the seat. And we'll drop a second podcast. How does that sound? Great. You know, and sometimes when I, when I start talking to some of these MSPs and they're asking me questions and then they can almost like hear the passion coming out of me because, you know, and then we can do this and then we can do that. And then once we get that information, then we can come over here, you know? So, (laughs) so, and I'm not really trying to be a cheerleader. I swear I'm not, you know, but once I start talking about it and, and showing them the different things that they can do and, and the information they can extract from their own business, you know, and that's just where my passion has always been is helping other business owners grow. That's, what I do. That's cool. Um, this reminds me of a phrase that you seem to embody where it's like, um, do the thing that you love and you never really have to work a day in your life. It, that, you know, the, the excitement is uh, certainly contagious and, and is, a, is a definitely a contributor to your success from, from my perspective anyway. So that's cool. Well, um, I do work a day in my life or two, you know. Okay. So. <laughs> you do have some bad ones. Okay. All right. All right. Well, there, there, you, you do have challenges. Everyone, she is human. Okay. Just let me, let me lay that out there. For you. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> it's okay. I am human. <laughs> I have my flaws. Just like this one. Oh, that's, a, that's, that's, that's funny. Um, so I want to shift just a little bit, just a slight shift over to, um, um, collections, you know, we we see the side of the business here um, at Connect Booster, and, and just see the the effects of uh, businesses doing oftentimes everything right, but then um, not bringing in the cash, even though they're doing excellent work because they don't have good process in place. And this may this is. I don't even want a Connect Booster type answer here. I, I want you know just uh, I'm hoping to get. Um, practical, you know, non-tool type answers. What are some of the things that that MSPs can do to, to speed up um, payments in their business and, and establish um, good practices around collecting their money? I love this question because I have like n- no less than 10 answers for it. Awesome. So, <laughs> so if you guys are watching or listening, uh, please take, get your, take a minute, grab your pencil. Right. So number one, um, don't be a bank for your customers, especially when product is uh, involved. Right. So if you are ordering product for a customer, they don't get 30 days terms because you don't get 30 days terms. You know, if your vendor is requiring a credit card up front, then you need to get that payment from your customer up front at the very least 50 percent before you order and then 50% upon delivery without question. Um, There's no reason you should be financing your customer's hardware uh, purchases. Um, Some other things that people that I've seen MSPs do, you know, to really reduce accounts receivable uh, beyond that, some uh, actually invoice their uh, recurring services, you know, three months in advance. Okay. Right. So if they collect three months and then, you know, systematically move uh, one month of revenue over from 
the from the deferred revenue, we'll call mm -hmm. it, into live revenue. Now, you know, so that's really going to help your cash flow because if your customers start getting used to paying for three months in advance and you have that money, now all of a sudden you've got a lot of residual cash that yeah. you know is just going to be sitting in your bank account. And by the time that cash starts to run low, it's time to build the next cycle. So then, uh, then you'll have you know the next three months, and you know you don't have to do that with every one of your services or even every one of your clients. But like uh, for instance, things that are not likely to cancel out your Office three sixty five subscriptions, yeah. you know, your antivirus subscriptions, you know, um, and your and your regular recurring services, you know. Uh, naturally, this doesn't work really well with all you can eat, but I'm about to get to all you can eat services in a minute. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, the all you can eat services, I think 2020 has made all you can eat services ever, all but you know uh, obsolete. Because what we're finding now is it's very expensive and very risky to send all of your people out on the street for on-site support. So anytime that your people leave the office and have to go on site, I think that has to be outside of the contract and built okay. outside of the contract. You know, um, so go ahead and continue with your, you know, unlimited remote support, you know, during business hours, but any on-site support, I think has to, you know, be built separately. So look for, you know, new ways to, um, to invoice for your services. And yeah you know, and take your existing contracts and try to upsell them, you know, to the next level of service. That's incredible. I think you're about to get, uh, I know you're super busy, but um, I know we need to take some conversations offline. Like, hey, let's, we should chat. I'd love to engage you on a couple items. Yeah, well, I'm, you know, I'm happy to chat with you anytime. And, as, and of course, any of your customers or listeners. Yeah, you know, uh, we're we're totally here to help. Yeah, those those are those are great great tidbits of advice. Thank you. Um, okay, I'm going to shift gears. This is this is kind of winding down our, our podcast. And there's a question I love to uh, um, ask, and so I'm sorry in advance. No, I'm okay. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. That's all right. Um, if you uh, <laughs> if you were to uh, you know with all of your experience and every, everything that you've, you know, really gone through in your personal professional life coming up to this point. And if you were to talk to yourself 20 years ago and give yourself a bit of advice that maybe, you know, now that that would have helped you back then, um, you know, what, what would that bit of advice be? Um, but the first thing that I would, I would like to say is that I wish I had a better relationship with money when I was younger. I sure. was so afraid of money and, uh, and I would work myself to the bone trying to collect a buck, right? You know, I just didn't understand it very well. And I remember, I, I remember this conversation I had with my father um, and I was, you know, my, my kids were young. I was dirt poor, you know, just trying to keep the rent paid and the lights on and yeah. Uh, and here's my father, you know, retired at age 55, and he's screaming at me that I'm not taking 10% of my income and putting it in savings. And I was like, okay, you don't even have a clue because there is no 10% of yeah. income left. You know, I literally, you know, 
I, I'm going to the gas station to put gas in my car with nickels and dimes. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, um, you know, so, but now I'm, I find I'm having the same conversation with my kids, you know, like start, start with $25, you know, a week or every time you get paid, take 25 bucks and, and get it out of your bank account, get yeah. it out of your face, you know, because if it's in your account or if it's in your pocket, you're going to spend it. But if you hide it from yourself, you know, just take that 25 bucks every pay and have it automatically transferred out so that you don't see it. You know, yeah. but before you know it, you're going to have some extra cash in your, uh, in your account. You know, and so when your car breaks down or, you know, you exactly. need something, you have at least a few bucks to scrape together. And I wish I had known that a long time ago. It took me a very long time to learn that lesson. So that's what I would have taught myself. That should be a uh, class in high school <laughs> talking about real life skills and how to make it easier on yourself. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> they, they should call it relationships with money. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, we could teach a whole course on building a relationship with your money. Yeah. You know, so. And whether you are someone that's, uh, you have a relationship with money, whether you're aware with it or, uh, of it or not. So <laughs> right. better pay attention to it. Oh, that's cool. Thank you. That's, that's really awesome. Well, um, Rayanne, uh, again, I want to thank you for your time. I'm really looking forward to our follow-up to uh, talk about the same type of uh, uh, value that we uncovered today. I mean, this has been a, a really, really cool conversation. So uh, selfishly, thank you so much for being um, on the podcast and really looking forward to our follow-up and talking about uh, uh, the PSA side of things and how you interface with businesses over there. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I, you know, I was thrilled to uh, to get the invitation from you, and uh, and I really, you know, I really value everything that you do, you know, over at Connect Booster and um, the value that you bring to the MS to the MSPs, you know, just by helping. And I, I'm sorry for the shameless plug here, but just by helping them collect money a lot faster, you know, uh, and everyone I talk to you know, everyone says, you know, the, the value that they have brought to me far exceeds, you know, the price that I've paid for it. So, so thank you very much for having me on your podcast. And, and I really look forward to talking again about automating MSPs even more. Yes, that's awesome. Folks, we're on to a second podcast. <laughs> cool. Well, you have a great weekend and looking forward to our, our uh, follow-up engagement. Okay, thanks, Ryan. Uh, you bet.